welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and it's my hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Well, welcome once again. It's uh, it's great to be with you. Uh, I am your host, Anthony, and you know, last week we were talking about being faithful in uh, in these tumultuous times. How do we deal with just being faithful when there's so much uncertainty going on and stress. So this week we're going to start a two-part series on encouragement for stressful times. If you've got any ideas, feel free to email us at show at graceandpeaceradio.com. By the way, I just gave a little hint there of what's coming up. And uh, like I said, it's show at graceandpeaceradio.com. And you're saying a hint, a hint of what's coming up. What are you talking about? Well, if you noticed, I used the pronoun us. Why did I use that? Because today I have a guest. That's right. With me here in the studio that is, well, my home office, is my wife, Amy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. All right. All right. So this is the first time in uh, on the show that uh, you've yeah. ever been on the show yeah on the show yep wow yeah now some of you may know this is uh this is a little bit of trivia but a few years back we actually tried doing a uh, a podcast for a little while we did yeah and it was good it was good yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know you do you remember the name of it oh now you're gonna embarrass me i uh me no <laughs> <laughs> well uh I'll give you a hint. It, the. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's pretty much how I roll. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Hope Show. Oh, right. Oh, that's pitiful. I should have known that. So, no, that that's all right. And uh, so, yeah, we did a couple of episodes on that. Yes. And then uh, not because I knew nothing about podcasting and nothing about pod fade, which is when a podcast just kind of starts off and then dies very quickly. We pod faded. We pod faded. That's at least a nice way to put it. <laughs> that is a nice way to put it. You know, it's much better than just uh, we crashed and burned. Yes, exactly. So, so anyway, so yeah, so this is the first time that you have been on the show. So welcome. It's thank you. Thank you. Great, thank you for asking me. Great to have you here. And um, so, so today I, I wanted to get your thoughts as well. Feel free to chime in on anything we're talking about, about encouragement in these stressful times. This morning in my, my Bible reading, I'm just going to start with, with this. I was reading Psalm 94, and I'll read the first half this week and then the second half next week, and just make a few comments as I, as I read through it, things that I underlined in my Bible, and then we'll jump into these, uh, these, these topics that we've got. O Lord, the God who avenges... O God who avenges, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Pay back to the proud what they deserve. How long will the wicked, O Lord, how long will the wicked be jubilant? They pour out arrogant words. All the evildoers are full of boasting. They crush your people, O Lord. They oppress your inheritance. 
They slay the widow and the alien. They murder the fatherless. They say, the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob pays no heed. Take heed, you senseless ones among the people. You fools, when will you become wise? Does he who implanted the ear not hear? Does he who formed the eye not see? Does he who disciplines nations not punish? Does he who teaches man lack knowledge? The Lord knows the thoughts of men. He knows that they are futile. Like I said, we'll pick up the rest of it next week. Uh, I noticed how in the beginning of it, it starts with a, a plea, really. You know, O Lord, who avenges, who avenges. It's there twice. And then he says, rise up, O judge of the earth. And even that whole idea of avenging and judging, we, we see where he's going. And then from there, he moves on to his complaint. When he says, how long will the wicked, O Lord? And how long will the wicked be jubilant? And then he goes on from there about what they do. They pour out arrogant words and so on. And then in verse 8, he gives a warning. Really through the rest of the this section here, 8 through 11, he gives a warning. Take heed, you senseless ones. And he warns them that, look, the Lord is... The Lord is is watching. He disciplines nations. And does he not punish? And he teaches man. And he knows. And he knows the thoughts of men. So, we can pray this prayer in these days. We can pray this psalm in these days. Um, it's a good reminder to us. It's, it's good to cry out to the Lord. And, you know, we are... When we see unjust things in the world, when we see unjust governments and situations, we can pray imprecatory psalms like this. And so, so we'll look at Psalm 94. We'll look at the rest of it next week and see how how it turns. And um, but I, I just wanted to start with that because, especially in these, like I said, in these days that we live in, you know, it started off with coronavirus earlier this year and then just through the election while even all the upheaval in the summer and the election and and everything you know all the the, this new wave of lockdowns and everything there's a lot of stressed out people absolutely and i i see it i see it on facebook there's a lot yeah yeah i I've, i've seen it on social media you know people who normally don't really post anything specifically personal and then they'll post something like i'm really struggling Mm -hmm. and uh you know even recently just someone i saw was flat out saying i'm 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 tired i'm tired of 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 living you know and this was a believer right right yeah and then i've had you know friends who've just mentioned their fatigue Mm -hmm. and in all of this mm-hmm. uh, and trying to keep up and, but trying not to get too involved with it, but still being informed. And it's, um, it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a good way to put it too, where you're trying to, you don't want to put your head in the sand. You want to be right. informed, but at the same time, you don't want to dwell on it. Exactly. So. Exactly. So with that, 
I was trying to think what are some ways that we can encourage one another, we can encourage ourselves in these times. I saw this even again on, on social media. Someone made the comment about how as Christians, we should still be joyful. You know, even in the midst of all this chaos, we should exude joy and people should be able to see something different in us. And that, that really is important. And I know for myself, that is something that I forget. Yeah. And it's not to be a burden. It's not like, oh, great, on top of all of this, I'm supposed to have a right. walk around with a stupid grin on my face. But it, it was a good reminder to me really to, to look upwards, to, to be different, to be a witness, even in striving to, be, to, to display a calm and even joyous demeanor whenever possible. Right. And I think I read something recently, and I could not tell you where it was, about the idea that we are to express joy. We're not joyful in the hard circumstances. We're not, we don't, we're not happy about that. We're not joyful in that. You know, we don't, we still acknowledge that things are hard, but the joy is the fact that we have the Lord. Right. Right. So with that, here are some things that, that I try to do myself. You know, I, I always prepare these podcasts with the idea that not that I'm preaching or teaching. These are just things that help me as a Christian mm-hmm. to finish well. And so I just try to share them. The first one I want to talk about is, of course, the most important one. Be much in prayer and in the Word. And I could have broken those up, but I wanted to keep them together because we've got a lot that we're going to talk about. It's so important to be a praying Christian and to be a Bible-reading Christian. It's one of the key themes of this show, really. Right. And, yeah. and I, and when I read that, you know, in your, your notes, uh, be much in prayer and in the word, I think what we have to understand as Christians, whether you're a new Christian or you've been one for decades, that's not a trite phrase to be much in prayer and in the word. We get so used to the fact, oh yeah, pray about it. Oh yeah, read your Bible. It's it really is a lifeline. And I've been doing some reading on the Puritans and prayer and really being reminded of just how important that is. And uh, the Word does give us life. It, mm. does, it does give us guidance, even, even now. Yeah. It's, it's all relevant and true. Yeah. I think of uh, Paul's comment about how bodily exercise profits a little. And... It does. I mean, it certainly does. I don't do it, so. <laughs> but it is helpful. But it's also work. I mean, those who... Yes. Those who, for instance, you know, whether you're a, a bodybuilder or an athlete or whatever, where, where it's your job, it's your livelihood to be in the gym, that's work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's going to the office. It's, it's just a different office. Mm-hmm. And for the Christian, the prayer closet, wherever wherever it is... You know, whether it's your your living room or home office or wherever it is that you get alone with the Lord and you pray and you read the word prayerfully and meditate on it, that's your gym. Yes. That's your, your spiritual gym. That's where you go to work. That's where you work your faith muscles and prayer muscles. And that's a good reminder because it is work. 
I think many times, I know for myself over the years, there have been times that I've just, it's like, oh man, this should be a lot easier. I should just be able to just pray, you know, just Mm. sit there for 30 minutes and just talk to the Lord. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. And even gleaning from the word, what can I use now? What is the Lord trying to tell me now? It takes a lot of focus. Right. It does. Uh, And often we think of the the Puritans and and others who, oh man, they they prayed, they prayed. They were realistic too. They, they, They warmed themselves in prayer. And that's what we need to do. It's not just a matter of sit down, open your Bible, boom, read, boom, pray. It's Asking the Lord to to warm us to the experience, so even saying, "Lord, I don't feel like praying, I don't feel like reading, I had a lousy night's sleep, I had, you know, I gotta go in twenty minutes, whatever the case is," but asking the Lord to warm our hearts to it and warm us up to it because we're cold, you know, we mm-hmm. get cold overnight and, and and that sort of thing, and He does. Yes, that is true. He is faithful to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's so important that, especially since we're taking so much in, mm-hmm. through, like I said, through social media, through all these things, you've got to counter it by getting alone with God and, and being in the scriptures. Yes. Because you can't, you can't handle your day in a godly way. And I mean, you're going to slip, but you're not going to handle it at all in a godly way mm-hmm. unless you do that. Yeah. You know, husbands can't lead their wives and their kids. Wives can't lead their kids. Men mm-hmm. and women can't be a good witness in the workplace if you don't have that, if you don't have that started out. I don't mean to make this sound uh, pious is my word lately, but I know if I don't get my time, at least some time, to pray and do my, my Bible reading in the morning, I genuinely fear how my day is going to go. All right. I fear it because I know my heart. I know that I am going to lose patience with this or that, or or I'm going to say the wrong thing to you or to somebody else because right. I'm, I was going to say I'm not myself, but the problem is I am myself. <laughs> that is the problem. Our self really comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't, we're less able to rein it in. Yeah. So, but you know, so the bottom line on this is how, how can we expect to receive comfort and peace from the Lord if we're not with him. Absolutely. You know, if we're not. So that's that's the first one. That's that's the foundation. The second one is recall examples of God's dealings with men from the scriptures. This one is sort of the the negative side of the coin. We'll get to the positive side next. But when I wrote that, I was thinking in a in a I don't know if negative is even the right word, but recall examples of God's dealings with men from the scriptures. And here, by the way, is an application of what we just talked about. It's the application side of being in the word. It's it's remembering it and recalling it. And the two examples I wrote down were, how did God deal with Nebuchadnezzar? How did God deal with Sennacherib? Right. When we see the evils in this world, right? When we see Antifa and you know, leaders doing wickedly. Turning, turning, looking the other way mm-hmm. when evil is happening. Right. Yep. Uh, all of these things, we can remember that God is sovereign and, you know, the, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he commands it like a water course. 
the Bible says. And so we can remember that, wait a minute, God is in control. God is sovereign. Really, even over that wicked person who's who's so powerful, even over that governor who is locking things down and is, is being a tyrant, absolutely. God made Nebuchadnezzar wander like a beast for seven years until he was humbled. God can do anything. Right. You know, when Sennacherib was was there, uh, you know, planning his attack, God, in an instant, caused him to, to turn and flee when it looked... And he was just... He was just utterly defiant of the Lord mm-hmm. and, and how he spoke to um, the Israelites mm-hmm. as to how powerful he was, how good he was. And he had, you know, he, he had killed the quote unquote gods of the other nations. Mm-hmm. And what is, what is your God going to do? Right. And God squashed him. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and again, it's recalling scripture. It's recalling mm-hmm. Psalm 2. That yeah, the, these these people are tyrants. They're wicked. They're what, and they hate God and they hate the things of God. And God just laughs it, with a scornful laugh because mm-hmm. He is sovereign and He will have dominion over His world and 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 over them. Right. So so remember examples of God's dealings with men from from the scriptures, and it's not just men. Uh, I mean, even how God dealt with Jezebel and so right, on. So, right, But yeah. So a third one, and this I said is more on the, the positive side, is recall examples of God's care for his children from Scripture. How did God care for his children from Scripture? You know, some of the examples there are Joseph, right? I mean, Joseph was what, in prison for 13 years? Right. Job. Uh, all of God's dealings with with him, the saints in First Peter, you know, you go back and read First Peter, and you're wow, you know, and I'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Also, well, Paul's Paul's sufferings, mm-hmm. you know, uh, imprisonments and shipwrecks and lashings, and yet he still took care of him and really overall kept him safe. Yeah, and suffering was there, but he overall kept him safe. Yeah. Well, the Lord even told him when he got when he saved him, "You're going to be an example. You're you're going to suffer for my sake." Mm-hmm. And yet, through it all, the Lord cared, took care of him. And and Paul was a good example of joy. Yeah. In all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. See, there was a reason I had you on the show. <laughs> so. Number one, be much in prayer and in the word. Number two, recall examples of God's dealings with men from the scriptures. Recall examples of God's care for his children from the scriptures. And then number four, keep God's promises of care and blessings in balance with the spiritual truths that this world and this life, it's often wicked and difficult. And I know that's long. I'll, I'll say it again. Keep God's promises and care of blessings and balance with the spiritual truths that this world, this life, is often wicked and difficult. What I mean there is we just need to have a balanced approach to the scriptures. It's not the prosperity gospel. It's not your best life now. Right. It's not that God's going to only bless us. God is not an American. Yeah, God is not an American. There's great hope and great peace and promise in 
seeing how God treats the righteous in Psalm 1. There's mm-hmm. great promise in Psalm 23 of, mm-hmm. of the Lord's care for us. Those are true. But at the same time, God's people do suffer in this world. God's people do suffer loss. God's people do suffer at the hands of men. You know, you just talked about Paul, for example. It, it really blew me away a few years back when I realized when Jacob went before Pharaoh and Pharaoh asked him how old he was and he told him and he said, few and difficult have been the years of my pilgrimage. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that till you had brought it up. <sighs> Man, what a statement about mm-hmm. life and what an honest statement. It wasn't like he was... You know, again, trying to put on that that fake happy face. Exactly. But he wasn't morose about it. No. No, he was thrilled because he was finally reunited with all of his family, including Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But life is hard, mm -hmm. you know. Or even as we think of in Job, I realize it's Eliphaz talking and we don't necessarily want to quote those guys, but there is truth to Job 5-7, but man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Absolutely. So there's there's definitely truth there. Mm-hmm. The Psalms, I mean, we, we just read from Psalm 94 about, mm-hmm. about the wicked. And over and over in the Psalms, we see the wicked prosper. Yeah, I think, of, I think it's Psalm 73 that speaks of that, um, you know, where the psalmist laments the fact that, you know, he, all he sees are, are people prospering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then he comes around to realize, okay, God is in control. Yeah. And that's a terrible paraphrase. Yeah. So please go read it yourself. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the wicked prosper in the short term. Right. And then in the New Testament, Second Thessalonians, Paul talks about this present evil age. Mm-hmm. I was reminded this morning of First uh, Timothy chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 1, and it just talks about in the last days, terrible times will come and, and how men will just grow colder and colder and ungrateful and unthankful and all, all of that. Absolutely. So there's there's that. First Peter chapter, whole book. <laughs> the whole thing. Exactly. Uh, the, the whole thing where you just see Peter's exhortation to them. So we have to expect that life will be difficult. Right. You know, even this week I was reading about I'm reading his biography right now. John. Uh, oh, John Elliott. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even this week I was reading a biographical sketch of John Elliott in Massachusetts in the 1630s and how he came over from England. Well, I didn't know it was a about a 70-day journey. Oh, and it was in that article, too, that your, right. your mom sent us. Yes. And I, it, it was prone to storms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and that, that, what, that article was about the Mayflower, yes. and I think it was 66 days it took them mm-hmm. to... To get across. Yeah. And so a lot of people got seasick. There were storms mm-hmm. and all. Life isn't smooth sailing. We just need to keep that perspective in mind. Absolutely. You know, because even as Christians, we think, well, God's going to God's gonna give me a pass on this and it's going to go well. And that's not... Well, it's, it's human nature to think, yeah. well, I'm doing everything right. I mean, I, I am doing my Bible reading. I'm sincerely praying. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, being faithful in my job and my household, when, whatever your role is in that. So things should go well. I mean, that's just our human nature. Right. And so uh, so there's that. And then a fifth one is read godly books and literature. And again, you know, you just 
you're doing a study now on what, Thomas Watson? Thomas Watson on the fear of God. And it's excellent. It's a short little book, uh, but he he writes very clearly. And it really is teaching me that when you say fear of God, it's not hiding under the you know, table that God's going to punish me. It's fear of God of just how awesome God is in the true definition of the word awesome and the reverential fear that we should have for this God who made me and you and the world. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but that's good. And then I, um, you know, for encouragement and, and just anything, I highly recommend Elizabeth Elliot. I, I cannot recommend her enough, uh, her books. So there's my plug. <laughs> yeah. And there's another book that you like giving away. Actually, there's two oh, of them. Oh, yes. Yes, there are. Um, we my, should almost do a, a whole separate show on that. Uh, Actually, gonna... maybe we should. Okay. I'll, I'll be quiet. We'll, All right. We'll do it, one. You write your list of those okay. four or five books. I will and do then that. We'll, we'll, we'll do a show on that. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. So... Sorry, people. <laughs> you're like you were writing it. Wait, wait, wait. What's what you gonna? Nope. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to come back and listen. But yeah, so read godly books and literature. You know, even if it's an excerpt from a book. I know Chapel Library. They put out these booklets uh, periodically. I don't know if it's quarterly or what, and it's on a theme. And you can go. You look look up Chapel Library, and uh, I think they have them electronically. Whether it's the Atonement or, you know, all, you know. Anyway, just read. Christian literature. Right. You know, one of my favorite books is Spurgeon's John Plowman's Talks. Right. I forgot about that. Yes. You know, I, I think it's his best work mm-hmm. because it's so, so practical. But anyway. And then lastly, in the same vein, recall examples from history. And this is where reading biographies, Christian biographies are helpful and so on. Recently, I read uh, in that same biographical book, book, uh, David Brainerd, uh, I read about him, even in his travels to the Susquehanna in Pennsylvania along the Delaware Water Gap, his travels there, I mean, he was a sickly fella anyway, but I mean, the storm, you know, he had to go through storms. He, pr- he pretty much, I think one night he did have to sleep outside in a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just really hard going right. to get and- from central New Jersey to whatever it was, 40 miles, 50 miles away to Susquehanna. One time he was going with uh, some, I think, two other ministers, and it was really rocky, and his horse slipped, and he had to put the horse down. So then I guess he had to finish it on riding with the other guy or, or walker. I don't know. But yeah, these, are, these are good reminders of just how different life is now and then i mean you say oh you have to go 40 miles we think that is nothing but when you're doing that on foot or by horse and most of the time it was by foot right it's a big deal yeah and you know you'd think well lord i'm I'm going on a missions trip i'm going to reach the indians so you know why why am i having so much trouble getting there Mm -hmm. why why did you let my horse slip and break his leg and Right. So on. So that's a reminder. And even thinking about the fact that in chaotic times, there's Christians, you know, whether it's during national revolutions, whether it was uh, in the in China and their revolution, 
even the French Revolution before that, you know, just all these periods throughout history, there have always been Christians caught up in the upheaval. Mm-hmm. I think of Corrie ten Boom. Yeah, great example. And for those who don't know, she was... She was uh, in the Netherlands, and she and her family um, hid Jews during World War II, and then they got caught, and she and her sister ended up in a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. When she was released, she was one of very few family members left. Her immediate family was all had all been killed. Yeah. So, and just her faith uh, throughout all of that is just astounding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it's just recalling examples from history of of how how God has worked in the lives of His people. These are all things that we as Christians, God has given us these means to draw on to build our faith to keep forging ahead. Mm-hmm. It may be difficult, it may be flat out arduous, but these are the things that as Christians, God expects us to use our brains yeah. to recall these things and do the work required for our own edification, our own building up. Absolutely. And God gives grace. Mm-hmm. So on the days when it's really, really hard and you know, you've slipped, uh, then you repent and you ask forgiveness and God gives that grace and mercy and you move on and, you know, mm-hmm. just keep going. Right, right. We hope that that was some encouragement in these stressful times, at least part one of the encouragement. Part one. We'll see. We'll have part two next time. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, so thanks, Amy, for coming in today. Thank you very much for asking it me. Was, it was great to have you here. I've enjoyed it. Appreciated our, our time talking. And, uh, you know, basically, if I think you got the job, uh, <laughs> I'll be in touch. Yeah, I've heard that one you before. You know, and uh, <laughs> don't don't call me. I'll call you. Yeah, right. And if you're here for part two, you're great. I know that I got it. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to end before uh, it gets stressful around here for me. So we'll talk to you next time. Take care, all. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash graceandpeaceradio. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.